Mr. Speaker, Terry Lynn McClintock was not convicted of bad practices, as the Minister of Public Safety would suggest. But the fact remains that she was in a facility that looked like a prison, and now she is in a healing lodge. Will the minister reverse this decision, and will he apologize for calling these crimes bad? The Minister of Public Safety. Uh, Mr. Speaker, Tory Stafford's brutal death in 2009 was a horrible, gut-wrenching crime for her family, but for the whole country too. The killer, McClintock, was reclassified as medium security in 2014. The government of that day did not challenge that decision. In fact, McClintock remains in a medium security correctional facility today. I've asked the Commissioner of Corrections to review every dimension of this case to ensure that proper process was followed and also to determine whether the policies apl applicable are the correct ones or do they need to be changed. Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Well, Mr. Speaker, Canadians don't want a review, they want action and they want this government to make this right. That is question period today in Ottawa that, of course, uh, leader of the Conservative Party, Andrew Scheer, passing and calling for a motion that uh, will be voted on tomorrow, um, asking about putting Terry Lynn McClintock back into the facility that she came from, which was a medium security, but instead it had actual security in it. And so this has become a big debate in Ottawa the moving of Terry Lynn McClintock, and lots of opinions on this, but the one that I kind of keep coming back to is the fact that of the timing. Why, why so early? Let's bring in Joe Newberger. He is joining us. We do this weekly kind of roundup of all things court-related. Hello there, sir. Hello. How are you tonight? Trying to find my brain, match it with my tongue, and make them both work <laughs> at the same time. Um, we got some pretty big stories going on, um, both Canada and the States. We'll put the Kavanaugh stuff away for just a couple of minutes. But sure. I do want to talk about this case. We're now into the eighth day where we've had news of Terry Lynn McClintock being at this healing lodge. You know, you've got the police chief of the Stratford um, or the Woodstock police coming out and actually yeah. saying, look, uh, you know, I had to speak out for my community and just saying, like, let's get this together. you got to force the Liberals' hand on this. I get the fact that the government can't just step in and overturn something, but they can certainly do more than they are doing, correct? Yeah, I, I, I was listening to the question period, and I think the way the minister spoke uh, makes sense because he's going to conduct a review. I think that's an appropriate place to start then um, some policies may need to be changed, but they could then bring a judicial review of the Corrections Canada's decision to try and reverse it. And so steps can be taken at a higher level to have uh, this uh, inmate and offender sent back to the other facility. Does common sense ever prevail? I mean, I'm not pooping on the corrections. I get that they're an independent body. I get that they call the shots in the world because they have that expertise. Right. But where's the common sense on a case like this? They, they have to know um, that if, if this were a Paul Bernardo application coming forward to get into a minimum security after six years incarceration, they, they'd probably not even look at it. So what makes the difference for her? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm at a bit of a loss. This was a horrific crime. Now, when you look at the Clintic's background, uh, you know, and people are going to be outraged about it, but when you look at it, she also had an extremely horrific uh, upraising, a victim of a number of things, mm -hmm. including violence and sexual abuse, etc. And so we do try in a society like ours, look at an offender's background and try and assess uh, how do we deal with them when, when they're in custody. And if they're not causing problems at a certain time, 
if they're showing signs that they're involved in programming and uh, this program is, is effective, then moves can be made to transfer them to a facility that will have more targeted programming. But this is that a girl that said, this is a girl that reoffended two years after beating up another, a fellow inmate. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, and and that being said, we're still fairly early on into mm-hmm. the sentence, and um, it's not like Grand Valley is a horrible prison either, because the Kingston Prison for Women were, were closed a long time ago, uh, and um, this facility where she was moved from is not a bad facility either. I mean, it certainly does not resemble the facilities where the men are at, like Millhaven or Collins Bay. Mm-hmm. So it, it also has pods. It also has, um, you know, individual rooms. It has therapy programs available, um, and it, it deals with medium to maximum secure inmates. So I'm not sure why this decision was made, and one would imagine corrections would have recognized in this case, given the high-profile nature the, the horrific, horrific circumstances of the offending, that this would not be the right time to transfer somebody <laughs> to this type of facility. I mean, there's got to be someone in the room that says, guys, um, what could go wrong? Oh, I don't know, like the media could go crazy over this or maybe the family. Yeah. Like, they have to know that certain cases are going to trigger Canadians. And, and, here's the other, yeah. and I'm sorry, here's the other thing that disturbs me, because we, you know, it's still unclear whether she has any connection to um, indigenous uh, blood, like right. you know, and I've spoken to you this before mm-hmm. that under the legislation you have to identify. Right. <laughs> so they don't necessarily have to establish it, but these programs were put into place to address the systemic and mar- uh, abuse and marginalization of our indigenous community and their particular and unique issues. And although she may say, you know, I identify and I'm going to abide by these programming. You know, is this a correct use of those resources, given what the initial impetus was for this type of facility? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it creates a complete mockery, which then creates a whole other political ir- irritant for the liberals to deal with. It's, you know, there's a system in place that's making a mockery of the indigenous community who are now in the midst of trying to, to reconcile and make things right. So, you yeah. know, if, if if this can be fixed, they should be moving on it. But am I being naive, uh, Joe, if I say, can't there be a mechanism put into place for corrections in case they don't have that common sense that if a well, case is. checks off this criteria, we may want to make a phone call and say, uh, can we do this or no? There, there is. I mean, you know, if an inmate is kept in maximum secure, for example, when they could be eligible for medium or minimum because they feel they're being dealt with unfairly, they can bring an application to court through habeas corpus, bring a charter challenge, bring a judicial review, there's any there's any number of steps that an inmate can do. Similarly, you know, lawyers from the Department of Justice can bring an application right. to undo this move. Like, couldn't, cannot... the, couldn't the Crown have said, yeah, no, we're stopping this? And and so does some no. of the fault then lay with the the Crown? No? No, no. Okay. The Crown can't, can't interfere. You're in a different okay. zone now. So this is administrative law. Mm-hmm. The penal law comes under the, the heading of the federal court. And so they would have to then bring... Um, certain type of applications, we call them judicial review, and, and certain other steps will have to be taken. There's an internal application or appeal that could be made to corrections, and then from there, judicially review it. It's been a long time since I've dealt with something like that. Um, I was on the other end of one, but I know there is a mechanism in place, and it can be done. I don't necessarily disagree that before you move, uh, do a review, but do that review fast. It's not, it's not going to take months to do this. It can take a week. Yeah. Get that review done, be transparent, and then take steps. Well, gee, I mean, if I'm if I'm Mr. Goodale or the Prime Minister, I'm saying, you get that thing done tonight, and you read yeah. it, and you read it until like it's good and red, and you get back to me. Because 
eight days for this story to be percolating, where you've got the father now writing letters to the prime minister, the the police chief, they don't speak out very often. I mean, it's just they're adding problems and they're fighting a fight that they should have just said, no fight here. We're fixing yeah. this. And and they would have had respect from all sides. I just don't understand it. I want to talk about Kavanaugh. Um, oh, God. I, just, I, I, I was on Oakley yesterday, <laughs> and I, I think I sounded like a, a raving lunatic. <laughs> That's okay. Because um, here's Donald Trump, speaking of, um, talking about, and, and I think if you remove your hate for Donald Trump, I actually yeah. think what he says here makes a lot of sense. But here he is today being asked about Brett Kavanaugh. It's a very scary time for young men in America when you can be uh, guilty of something that you may not be guilty of. This is a very, very... This is a very difficult time. What's happening here has much more to do than even the appointment of a Supreme Court justice. It really does. You could be somebody that was perfect your entire life, and somebody could accuse you of something. And that is, if you look at the bigger picture of this, removing yourself from this situation, and that has happened because of this whole case and the politicization and the weaponization of this alleged victim. It's really, has it changed everything for us? Going on, period. I mean, we've seen this play out in Canada with, uh, you know, the former leader of the provincial conservative party. Yeah. We've seen this play out with other notable figures. What you don't see is this happening to people who are not so notable I, you know, I was listening again to a show earlier on your station, which I always listen to, <laughs> and and somebody was saying, well, I, you know, Mr. Kavanaugh did not um, display uh, the right emotion. He didn't handle it properly. I think it's the first time his white privilege had ever been called into question. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Think about all the people who are not privileged, mm-hmm. who are facing allegations which are false, and and it does go on. And you and I have discussed this before, that we now are at a point where a part of this movement is very important to bring to recognition certain behaviors in uh, employment settings and, you know, like it was in Hollywood or, or in entertainment. Absolutely. But we're also at a stage now where there's no due process. It plays out in the public forum. It's impossible to really determine, in my opinion, what's truthful and not. None of us were there at the time. Something may have happened. We don't know. But when somebody's testifying before Senate, for example, and giving their account of these events, they're not subject to the cross-examination that they would go under by me in a criminal trial. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear people saying it's credible, trustworthy, mm-hmm. something happened, I cringe because unless you are subject to that type of allegation or have a family member, you will not apply the critical sure. scrutiny that you need to to this. And, well, and we need to take a step back and be very careful about making these judgment calls and then dragging somebody through the mud like this has happened with Justice Kavanaugh. Well, right, because you've got Julie Swetnick, uh, who who accused him of gang-raping women, who accused him of standing by the punch bowl at parties and spiking the drinks so the women would pass out and yeah. they could be taken advantage. That's not a small allegation. And she has been totally discredited now. But again, her story's out there. And for everyone saying, well, Mr. Kavanaugh doesn't have the temperament to be a judge, I, am I naive to think... like? I get it. He's up for the top job, but I don't think I'd be any more sane if someone had accused me of that. Right. And this is very important. You know, for some reason, there's a belief that a person accused of an offense, even if they happen to be a jurist, should be calm, should be sensitive towards the person accusing them. What? Are we in another planet? Mm -hmm. If you're falsely accused, you may lose it because it is wrong. It's harming you. You're being maligned. You're being vilified. 
So if he speaks out strongly against it, that doesn't mean he doesn't have the right demeanor. It may mean now that when he's litigating over a case that involves an appeal of an allegation that may be false, he might have greater sensitivity towards the realities and proof beyond a reasonable doubt and assessing credibility than other judges who have not experienced this. Mm -hmm. This is very serious. And, you know, I don't agree with uh, President Trump on many things. However, I agree with what he's saying. And we're now having such a battle, unfortunately, between, you know, the sexes. And, and, and a lot of women are speaking out, however, against certain aspects of this because they don't believe it's helpful. They believe it's hurtful. Mm-hmm. And, and if you see one of these complainants completely discredited, that, that, that's an issue. And here's one other thing which I was going nuts on yesterday. It's not like this judge just got appointed. Yeah. He was a judge after leaving the, uh, uh, the president's office and got appointed in 2006 and has been a federally appointed judge in the Circuit Court of Appeals. So if this was so serious then, now, why was it not serious then? Well, the whole thing's been made into a complete charade. Now you got people saying, well, he pulled down his pants at a frat party and exposed yeah. him. I mean, like, so now we're, I, so going back to Trump's comments, you know, I, I think young, I think any man right now, and I got to be honest, a lot of guys I talk to, they're just, you can see how uncomfortable they get even having the conversation. Yeah. I mean, people are worried. I mean, we're blurring. It's like the Me Too McCarthyism is what we've created. I agree with it. And Alex, you're you're a woman. And I I absolutely agree with this. And and, and this is this is what's troubling now. I mean, we are human beings. Men are men. Women are women. We need to respect each other. We need to be sensitive to issues. We need to uh, respect boundaries and privacy. But, you know, things happen. People behave in certain ways. We need to all handle it in a more of a grown up manner than to create the conflict that's going on now. I think there's a healthier way to go about this. This is an exceptionally unhealthy way, and the divisions which it causes is is really harmful. But I do want to say this again so the listeners understand. This is playing out because this person is high profile. It played out in Canada because of Gomeshi Mm -hmm. and and certain things he did very wrong at CBC. But there are many individuals that I represent who are suffering in silence because they are not public figures, and they don't enjoy the privilege of or the ability to always marshal whatever defense they need. So we need to be very careful as a society and respect due process and the rule of law. Yeah. It was such a nice thing when we had it, but nonetheless. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll get back to it. Maybe it'll come back one day. <laughs> Joe, thank you. My pleasure. You have a good show. That is Joe Newberger. I didn't think he was insane at all. I thought he was going to go all apoplectic on me. He was very, very in check. But yeah, I think uh, you got to step away from the madness and say, okay. This is what we were built on, both America and Canada, due process, very big part. It's the backbone of who we are as a civilized nation. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.